0: If you brought your Bibles this morning, would you turn, please, to James, the first chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible, the ushers have extras. Be glad to let you use one of ours. If you hold up your hand, they'll get a Bible to you. And we'll turn to James 1. James 1. We've been on a series now for some weeks. We uh, began calling Doer of the Word. And we're going to change that title to Walking in the Light. Because we keep coming back to that, and we talked about light is progressive. But when I first started, all the light I had was doer of the word. Now I got more light, so we're going to call it walking in the light. Because we definitely want to walk in the light that we get. Amen. James one, verse twenty-two. James 1, 22. says, "But be ye doers." Of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, or mirror we'd say today. He beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, how many know the truth will make you free? It'll liberate you. And continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his intentions. Huh? In his discussion. No. In his what? Deed. In what he does. He said if a person is a hearer of the word, but doesn't do it, What happens to them in that 22nd verse? What happens? This is not somebody else deceiving them. This is not the devil deceiving you. This is them deceiving their own self. Now what does it mean to be deceived? It means that you are believing something that is not true is true. You're not pretending it's true. You actually believe it's true, but it's wrong. It's a lie. And who deceived you into believing something that's not right? You did. You did. And how did you do that to yourself? You heard something. Now the implication is when you heard it, you saw something. Because the Lord holds you accountable, not for the light you don't have, but for the light that you do have. So when you heard the word, he opened your eyes, your ears, your heart, and you saw something and you understood something that you should do. But you didn't do it. And by not doing it. You opened the door to darkness. And self delusion and deception. It is dangerous. Not to walk in the light that we have. I want you to say it out loud. Even if it hasn't seemed to be that way. uh, Recently or or even for a while. Say it by faith. Say it by faith. I'm 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 a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Of the word of God. The person that does the word, that last verse that we just read, what did it say about them? They will be blessed. Blessed in what they do, in their doing. Well, you want to be blessed, I want to be blessed We're not going to be blessed in just what we talk about doing, what we think about doing, what we need to do, what we ought to do, what we intend to do, plan to do, pray about doing, discuss, converse about doing. No, we're going to be blessed in what we actually do. do. I know in a conference uh, a number of years ago, uh, I was just in attendance, not speaking that night, and I was looking across and just enjoying the presence of the Lord and being there. And the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me. He said, son, there is a misconception in your circles. I knew he's talking about people that call themselves faith people, word people. He said, there's a misconception in your circles. I thought, Lord, what? What is it? What misconception? He spoke to my heart. You believe that if you'll get in the word enough, it'll solve all your problems and fix your life. I thought, yeah, (laughs) we pretty much believe that. He said, wrong. It's only the doer of the word that gets results. And see, this explains a lot of things. Because you got a whole lot of folks that have been around the word for years, even decades, and got some of the same problems they had 20 years ago. And yet, they've got everybody in their brother's teaching series on it, and they've been to all these conferences, and the problem is, Having heard it so much, if you don't act on it when you see it, you can kid yourself into because you know it so well that that's going to fix it. But it's only when you act on it, when you do what you know that you're going to see results. Those are the only people that get miracles. That get their needs met. That get their body healed. That get their bills paid supernaturally. Not just the hearers. Not just the meeting goers. Not just the note takers. Not just the DVD players. Who? The doers. the doers. So tell me one more time. Say it by faith. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Not, just a not just a hearer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Of, the word of, God. of the word of God. Now we see that doing has to do. Turn over to the fourth chapter. Has to do with walking in the light. That's why we changed the title name. That We keep coming back to that. Another way of saying be a doer of the word. Is to say walk in the light. James 4.17. Says this. James 4.17. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good. And doeth it not. To him it is sin. There's a lot of talk. About what's a sin. You ever heard much talk about it? Well this group says this is a sin. That group says it's all right. Well this person said that's a sin. That person says no I don't think so. (laughs) What's a sin? Well the Bible gives a. You know in the New Testament. There's at least four different verses. I can think of at the moment. That describe what sin is. This one. uh, The Bible says the transgression of the law is sin. The Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. But you can sum it up by saying this. Violation of light is sin. And so sin for you has to do with what you know and what you see. And you can miss it and do something wrong, and it can cost you. But that doesn't mean it's sin. Before the Lord, it depends on what you knew. And that's one of the reasons why you and I are commanded not to judge. You know why we're commanded not to judge? Because we are absolutely unqualified to do so. Because we do not know what that person sees or does not see inside their heart. Now God does know. Because he's the one that showed Him. <laughs> right? The light came from him. He is the light. So he's qualified to judge. But you and I are not. But what we should do is judge ourselves. That we walk in the light as he is in the light. Anybody think this is a good thing to meditate on and get into? Said out loud, walking in the light. In the light. Go to Matthew 13, please. Matthew 13. Matthew 13 and verse 12. I want to read this from the Amplified. And uh, let me draw your attention to something on this passage. The things that are said here are not found only here. But this passage is also found in Isaiah 6. It's also found in Mark 4. It's also found in Luke 8. It's also found in John 12. It's also found in Acts 28. It's also found in Romans 11. I mean, if something's in the Bible one time, it's important. Right? Seven times, it's repeated over. This must be of the preeminent importance. Well, listen to it. Verse 12, Amplified. He says, "...whoever has, to him will more be given, and he will be furnished richly, so that he shall have abundance." But from him who has not, even that which he has shall be taken away. Now, you need to look at other verses to fully understand what he's saying. But it has to do with the person who uses what they've been given, who values it, esteems it, uses it, walks in it, you could say. They're going to be given more the person who does not value and does not use and does not walk in what they have, not only will they not be given more, they will lose what they have. And some people think it's unfair. Well, they already had a lot and they just keep getting more and more. That doesn't seem fair. It's perfectly fair. They value it. They esteem it. They appreciate it. They're using it. I know uh when I first was in the ministry working at Brother Kenneth Hagen's ministry in his healing school. I was involved in it from its inception, and uh, he was there for a while. But then he was out doing other things, and uh, some of the responsibility came to me, and I felt inadequate. He had been ministering to them with that strong anointing that was on him, and I'm such I'm a young guy and so uh, inexperienced. And man, I I put my nose in the carpet. And I said, Lord. Well, uh, give me some more anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that delivers people and heals people. Not me. But Lord, I, let that anointing come stronger and stronger. And man, I, I must have asked him that, uh, you know, 500 times. Uh, Lord, uh, stronger anointing, stronger anointing. And finally one day with my nose in the carpet praying in the speaker's room before the service, the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean an audible voice, but inside me he said Faithfulness. Faithfulness. And I said, yeah, Lord, that's good. I know faithfulness is important. But what I'd really like to have is some anointing right now. Because I'm about to go out here and lay hands on these people and I, I feel inadequate. Uh, anointing, Lord. He said, faithfulness. And I'll be honest with you, it took me a little while to, to make any connection with that. But he's answering my question. You know, sometimes the Lord's answered your question and you didn't even know it. He said, faithfulness. And then he said this to me, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. He said, son, all of my children receive an anointing when they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that true? Yes. You shall receive power. Isn't that right? Yes. After the Holy Ghost has come. He said, all of my children receive an anointing when they're filled with my spirit. He said, many of them have done nothing with that anointing. Why would they need more? He said, Be faithful. With the anointing that's on you, that's in you. Be faithful and I'll give you more. I saw it. He taught me over the next several weeks and months. So man, I, instead of asking and begging for more anointing, is everybody awake? Are you listening to this? This is important. This is not just true about anointing. It's true about revelation. It's true about money. It's true about everything. He that is faithful in that which is least. Would be faithful in more. And the Lord he knows that. And so he would be able to give you more. If you're faithful. You don't get more by begging and crying for more. You get more by being faithful. With what you have in your hand right now. It's true with money. If you're not faithful. If you won't obey him with $20. You wouldn't obey him with $20 million. I didn't say it. He said it. Sometimes people say, well, if I had a lot, I'd do something. No, you'd do exactly what you're doing with what you got now, according to Jesus. So I got it, though. And oh, man, sometimes I'd sit for 30 minutes at a time, 45 minutes at a time, and just talk to myself. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me. The anointing is on me. The anointing is in me. I did everything I, I knew. i thank God that his Spirit was on me. And it, well, you know, there was times I'd sense his presence a little. It wasn't overwhelming. But I there's no need for me to get my eyes on Brother Hagin or somebody else and how they operate. That's what he gave them. I need to emphasize what he gave me. Amen. And be faithful in that. And the Lord reminded me, He said, He didn't start off where He is. You're looking at Him now fifty years down the road. And so I did. And you know the Lord was so faithful. It didn't all happen overnight. But in a a few months, that anointing got stronger. And in a few months more, it got stronger. And then Brother Hagin laid hands on me after that. After that, it got much stronger. And as the years went by, stronger and stronger. Until there were times it was so strong, I could hardly stand up. I know people sometimes, they don't believe that. But you know, if you've never been there, you don't know. I've been there. I know. The anointing is real. But if you want more anointing, tell me how to get more anointing. Amen. Be faithful in what you have, right? If you want more revelation, tell me how to get more. Amen. Be faithful with what you have. Now, what do you mean be faithful? Do something with it. Don't just make notes on it. Do something. Act on it. Use it. Put it into practice. Do it. And man, if you're doing everything with what you've got, the Lord knows it. He'll see it. He'll go, man, look at that. If they had more, they'd do even better. Here you go. Here you go. Not just people that scream and holler and cry for more. People that do something. The further you go, the more he'll show. The more faithful you are with what you have, the more he'll give. Matthew 13. He said to them that has, more will be given. He'll have abundance. To him who has not, he'll be taken away what he has. You need to value and appreciate what the Lord gives you. And this is certainly true about the light he gives you. When he shows you something. I know uh, years ago, this had happened more than once, sadly. But the Lord had shown me something. And it'd be surreal to me. That I think, oh man, the thought crossed my mind, you ought to write that down. But it'd be surreal to me, I think, well, ain't no way I'm going to forget that. I see a bunch of nodding and smiling all (laughs) over the place. You know what happened, right? I mean, you know, sometimes later on that day, just a few hours, I'm thinking, what was that? And it just, I'm drawing a blank. See, what happened is you're more in the spirit at that time than you realize you are. And then you get back in the flesh. And you can lose it. And that happened several times and there was a, something came up. I was in the, in the bed half asleep and the Lord gave me this thing, this thought. This, He's showing me something. And uh, I thought, man, that's great. And uh, so I'm about to doze off back to sleep. And the Lord said to me, he said, you don't think enough of that to even write it down? I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I got up. After that, I got me some of those little recorders. Now I got one in my truck, got one in my briefcase, I got one on my nightstand. No matter what I'm talking about. Why? It's a matter of do you appreciate? Are you thankful for what he's showing you and what he's saying to you? Now not only should you take it, remember uh, the person who's a hearer but not a doer, they're forgetful. They're like somebody looks in the mirror and then they forgot what they saw. Well, you got to make it a point that I'm not going to forget this. You need to make an effort. Sometimes you need to, if you need to write it on a piece of paper and stick it up on your mirror, stick it on your steering wheel, stick it on your car dash, right? Think enough of it to keep it in front of you until you're able to put it into practice the way that you should. He went on to say, verse 13, this is the reason that I speak to them in parables because having the power of seeing, they do not see. And having the power of hearing, they do not hear, nor do they grasp and understand. In them indeed is the process of fulfillment in the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, you shall indeed hear and hear, but never grasp and understand. You shall indeed look and look, but never see and perceive. Now, he's saying you're not seeing, you're not going to see, but it's not because you don't have the power to see. You have the power to see, but not see. How can that be? Verse 13 reveals it. Verse 13, For this nation's heart has grown gross, fat and dull, and their ears heavy and difficult of hearing, and their eyes they have tightly closed lest they see and perceive with their eyes and hear and comprehend the sense with their ears and grasp and understand with their heart and turn and I should heal them. Why are they not seeing? Because their eyes are closed. Who closed them? They closed them. They closed them. So being in the dark is not always the result of having no light. You see, for years, I quoted Hosea 4.6. It says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And I'd stop right there. And in my understanding, and I'm thinking, well, the biggest problem is ignorance. People don't know the word. And there is some of that. But that's not the end of the verse. What did the verse go on to say? Why are people destroyed for a lack of knowledge? Because you have rejected it. You've rejected knowledge. And more and more I'm seeing that with so many folks, it's not ignorance. It's people have chosen not to see. They've had opportunities and they saw some things, but they didn't want to see it. They've heard some things and they understood, but they don't want to hear it. So they close their eyes and stop up their ears. And the result of that is a hardening of the heart, the Bible says... Which also is self-delusion. Self-deception. You know, we put extra lights in this place. After we got it. So you could read your Bible. How many think that's a good idea? You know, it would be distracting if everybody in here had a flashlight. So can you see pretty good? All right, close your eyes real tight. Everybody, close your eyes real tight. Everybody. Did it get dark? Huh? Is it real dark? Can you see me? I'm right here. You sure you can't see me? How come? Maybe we don't have light in here. You need to go somewhere where there's some light, right? You need to get out of this church because there ain't no light. Go somewhere where they got some real light. <laughs> ah. or could it? Open up your eyes. Open up your eyes. How you see now? Ta-da! Tell me what the problem was. What was the problem? You closed your eyes. And it put you in the dark. And it wasn't because of a lack of light. Or lack of available light or vision. I don't care how much light you got. You can close your eyes tight at any time. And boom, be in the dark. Just like that. The Amplified says in verse 15, their eyes, they have tightly closed, lest they see and perceive with their eyes. Verse 16, man, I like this. Verse 16, but blessed are your eyes because they do see and your ears for they do hear. Truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous men yearned to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Oh, my, my. A lot of you can identify and say the same thing with me. Phyllis and I have been so privileged to hear and see so many good things in the Word of God and the things of God. We were placed... uh you know, close proximity with the Hagans for decades. We've had access with the Copelands and and Light and Revelation meetings, amazing meetings. I've told friends of mine, if Keith Moore don't make it, it ain't God's fault. He's given me every opportunity. He's put so much into me. And I was thinking a while back, you know, there are people in this world that's hardly heard anything about faith. A lot of them. Hardly know anything or don't know a thing at all about righteousness, redemption, healing and prosperity. And I have heard thousands of wonderful messages and teachings. And I asked the Lord about it. I said, Lord, I mean, I know that intrinsically there's nothing about me that would qualify me, make me any better to hear and receive than these other folks. Why have I been allowed? And we've been allowed to hear and see so much when so many have heard and seen so little. And he took me back to some of the first teaching we ever heard on faith back 30 some years ago. And he reminded me, I heard a teaching on being redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13. Ah, oh, I listened to that with my little uh, tape player in our uh Mobile home with the red shag carpet and plastic black couch. <laughs> and I thought, can this be true? Can this be true? Can it be true that Jesus redeemed me from being broke? I never heard of it. Can it be that he redeemed me from being sick? Oh, Phyllis and I talked about it. And we listened to the little tapes over and over and over again. And we we thought, everybody's got to hear this. So we gave it to some of our friends. And they said, you know, what kind of music is this? We said, it ain't music. It's preaching. They thought, you got tapes on preaching? That was foreign idea where I grew up. Because, I mean, people didn't want to stay long enough in church to hear preaching. Much less listen to a tape of it after they left. you know. And they thought, what? Oh man, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. And they thought, really? it's preaching? I said, just listen to it. And so you ask them the next day, did you hear it? I ain't got around to it yet. Week later, oh, I ain't got to it yet. I've been busy. Oh man, make time. Make time. This is important. You got to hear this. And so you find, did you listen? Yeah, I listened to part of it. Part of it. Yeah, I heard some of those scriptures before. And you can just tell they're not excited. They don't value it. Well, now don't get too carried away. You know, some of that wild ideas and stuff. Because you just never know. What God's going to. Did you know that's not a scripture? (laughs) That is not a verse. (laughs) But Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Is. Right. And the Lord brought me back to that and just kind of replayed that for me. He said, the reason I gave it to you and I gave you more and I gave you more is because I knew you would value it. They didn't. So it st- that stopped it. They had an opportunity. What if they'd have got excited about it and said, man, get me some more of that. Then they would have got more and the Lord would have showed them more. Some of these folk are right where they were 30 years ago. Stuck in tradition And stuck in lack? Stuck in defeat? Depression? No. You can close your eyes at any time along this path. But if you won't, the path gets brighter and brighter until the full day sun. And the further you go, the more He'll show. More light will be yours. Can you say amen? Go with me over to uh, 2 Timothy, the 4th chapter. 2 Timothy 4. Light is not just for seeing. Light is for walking in. You see, so you can walk. So you can go. You can advance. 2 Timothy the fourth chapter, verse 2. Preach your experiences. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Preach your denomination's position. Huh? Preach your convictions. This is how I feel, and I feel strongly about it. I've had people look. At me, I give them a verse, and they said, "Yes, yes, but I feel strongly." And you think, "Oh, oh, you feel strongly." <laughs> well, they're sincere. Well, you can be sincerely wrong, yes. and you can feel strongly about something that's absolutely unscriptural and unbiblical. Yes. We need to show some respect in the face of the Word. Yes. When the Word says something, it doesn't matter what you think yes. or yes. Yes. how you feel. Right. Submit to the Word. Yes. Yield to the Word. Give the word first place in your life. If it contradicts something that you think or something that mama thought or your denomination or your group thought, show some humility. How many know the word is never wrong? The word is never wrong. If you disagree with the word, tell me who's always going to be wrong? You. Always. Every time. Not to word. Preach the word. Be instant. In season, out of, when it's convenient, out of season. When it's not in season, when it's not convenient, when it's not popular. In season means everything's going on in that area. Out of season means nothing's going on in that area and yet you in that area. And people go, huh? What's he preaching on that for? That's out of season. (laughs) Reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and doctrine. Are preachers part of their job to rebuke? (laughs) Three nods. Now, everybody is shout on that. That's right, Brother Key. Preach your word. That's right. Preach the word. How about rebuke? Yeah. 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 <laughs> huh? Yeah, Reprove. Yeah. Rebuke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are times you need to be rebuked. That's right. yeah. According to some people, they, they go their whole life and never need a rebuke. You hear people tell you, you know, boy, my child has been the best child. I've never had to correct them. Never had to discipline. And I don't even have to see them to know they're spoiled. (laughs) There ain't no such thing as a child that never needs to be corrected. Or disciplined. Doesn't exist. And if you haven't done it, then they've got problems. That went over real big, didn't it? (laughs) Woo! Did you feel that? <laughs> Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine or teaching. Verse 3 For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from what? From the truth. Now let's just stop right here. If you don't want to hear the truth. What else is there to hear? Well if it ain't truth. What is it? If it's not truth. It's untrue. It's going to be a lie. And here he calls it fables. Turned unto fables. They'll turn. uh They won't endure. Sound doctrine. Good teaching. But. uh They'll heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Now, what what does that mean? That is a, a word picture. Itching ears. If you got an itch, what do you want? You want it scratched. Where do you want it scratched? In exactly the spot where it itches. Right? <laughs> and if it don't itch there, you say, no, I don't scratch there. That's not where it itches. Scratch-. No, right? No, a little, little to the left. No, no, little, little up. No, no. Right. <laughs> well, what? But he's not talking about an itchy ear, physically. He's talking about your preachers, your teachers, and people going, no, no, we don't want to hear that. No, a little higher. No, we don't hear that either. Ah, uh-uh. to the left. No, way over to the left. <laughs> No, no, on over. (laughs) Way over. Away from the truth. Away from the word. I wrote this down in my fly leaf one time on that verse Uh, Teacher, teacher, scratch my ear. Tell me what I want to hear. (laughs) Folks don't want to hear things. You know, uh, I imagine that uh, our crowds could be even bigger if I wouldn't preach some things. Or be some ways. But we preach personal responsibility. We preach living a righteous standard. We preach faith. We preach that things are sin. You know, people holler about, well, you should be like Jesus. Jesus. Jesus preached love and acceptance. I was watching, uh, some of you had heard me teach on this, but I was watching a a news program. If I called it, y'all would all be familiar with it, internationally known. And this guy was doing an interview and he was talking to this guy, and he said, well, he told this preacher, he said, well, you know, Jesus preached love and acceptance. And that's what you should preach. And That's what the church is supposed to preach and believe, love and acceptance. And he, was, he people talking about that, they're basically talking about you accepting their sin. Amen. Love and acceptance. And the preacher said, yeah, you know, Jesus preached love and acceptance for sure. And the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean I heard a voice, but in some, he said, I did not. I did not preach acceptance. He said, go find out what I preached. Well, I've been in the ministry for years, but you know, I don't mean you know that much. So I went to the Bible. I began and I found out, I actually preached on it later, that Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom, the good news. And instead of acceptance, he preached repentance. No wonder he told me I didn't preach that. But it's sad that so many Christians will agree with sinners that don't even believe in God. Yeah, we're supposed to preach acceptance. You're supposed to preach repentance. (laughs) Now that's a far cry from acceptance. Well, Jesus loves everybody. He sure does. But that don't mean he accepts their sin. And we're to love everybody. But that don't mean we're to call sin. Okay. We can love them and hate their sin. No. The question is, do you want to see? People close their eyes on purpose. Back, you were there in the fourth chapter. Look at the third chapter of Second uh, Timothy. Second Timothy 3. He said this in verse uh, uh, 5. That people would have a form of godliness, but they would deny the power thereof, from such turn away. We're not supposed to be partners in that. For of this sort, what sort? The sort that have a form but deny the power. This sort are they that creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Put that up on the Amplified Force. Amplified, verse 7. These will listen to anybody who will teach them, it says, and they're forever inquiring and getting information but are never able to arrive at a recognition and knowledge of the truth. The NIV says they're not acknowledging the truth. Isn't this described what we've been talking about? Always learning, always trying to go to another conference and hear something else, and learn something else, but 20 years later still don't have the manifestation of the truth in their life? Why would this be? This is because... Of not acknowledging light. When you see something. The light shows up the darkness. The light reveals. How many ever been in a place before. And it didn't look that bad. till they turned the lights on. <laughs> I, uh, Phyllis and I were down in Florida. Man this is 20 some years ago. And we had a day off. And uh, we want to rent a little boat. And go out on this lake there. Because we hadn't had time off in some time. We thought, well, while we're here, let's, let's enjoy it. And, and, uh, and they they told me that, well, the rental place is actually in the back of that, uh, building there. I looked up, it was a nightclub that they were pointing to across the the way. And they said, well, ain't nobody in there right now, you know, but it's in the back there. So sure enough, it was middle of the day and it wasn't a car. It wasn't open. But yeah, so I, I walked through and the office in the back, I saw it. But as I'm walking through, I looked around and you could tell from the outside, this is probably one of the most happening clubs in the whole area. I mean, but it was nasty. I mean, the crud on the tables and the floor and the filth. I thought, who, would, who in their right mind would come in here and sit at that table? And eat off that table. And, and who, who in their right mind would go? And then I realized, I began to see the lights in there were black lights and colored lights and other, And I realized, they can't see. <laughs> they get in here and get half lit and they can't even see. They don't know what kind of filth they're in. <laughs> well, that could be said about a lot of situations in life, can't it? They don't even realize the filth they're sitting in. Because of the darkness, because of the lack of light. Go to Ephesians, please. Ephesians and the fifth chapter. Ephesians 5, and we'll start in verse 8. Would you put up, guys, the God's Word translation, if you can find that one? God's Word translation, Ephesians 5 8. Ephesians 5 8. He said, once you lived in the dark, but now the Lord has filled you with light. Live as children who have light. You know, just because you're born again, a child of light, doesn't mean you automatically walk in the light. That's what he's saying. You've been recreated. You are a child of light. Now walk in the light. Verse 9. So light produces Everything that is good, that has God's approval, and that is true. Verse ten, if we can get it. Determine which things please the Lord. These are short verses, aren't they? <laughs> Let's go to the next one. I want to read another three or three or so, if we can. Say it out loud. I'm a child of the light. I'm a child of the light. I walk in the light. He said, have nothing to do with the useless works that darkness produces. Instead, expose them for what they are. If it's darkness, we ought to call it darkness. If it's sin, call it sin. Including if you did it. We must love the light more than anything. That's a way of saying love the word more than anything. Love Jesus because he is the light. The word is the light. Verse 12. It's shameful to talk about what some people do in secret, in the darkness. Verse 13. Light exposes the true character of everything. I like the way this translation says that. Light makes manifest the King James. Light reveals. Light shows it up. Verse 14. Because light makes everything easy to see. That's why it says, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Hallelujah. Job talks about, Job twelve five that a lamp is despised in the thought of him that is at ease. What does that mean? Who doesn't like light? Well, somebody that wants to stay asleep. Hmm. You turn on the light, and they go, ah, turn that out. They are despising the light. Why? Because they want to stay asleep. But as Christians, we ought not be asleep. Spirit, you know, Physically, you need to sleep. Spiritually, you don't need to sleep. Your spirit never sleeps. Not supposed to. Don't need it. Don't have to have it. Even when your body's asleep, your spirit's awake and can be communing with God, even while you're, uh, your body is asleep. But people choose to close their eyes. When light comes and you see something and light shows up something. People so many times act like they didn't see it. They act like, well, I, you know, if you acknowledge that it's there, It's time to change. You know it to him that knows to do good and does it not to him it is sin. I'm learning this as time goes on. I'm getting light in this series. When I first started in the ministry, I thought, well, I'm a minister. That's a servant of the people. And that's partially true. But I was taking it too far the way many do. And I thought if anybody wanted to talk to me about anything or anybody wanted to counsel with me, it didn't make it made a difference. It's a half a day. I'm supposed to do it. I'm supposed to pray. I'm supposed to listen. And I about wore myself out. I mean, I got to the place where I'm spending all this time with people and not feeling like it's doing any good a lot of the time. And then I'm wore out for my preaching and I'm not ready like I should be. I'm weary. And I begin I to see this is not right. I'm not, and the the Lord showed me, He said, you're letting the enemy steal your time through these situations. We need to learn to be led by the Spirit. There are some people, the time spent with them is a good investment. They will respect it, they'll hear it, they'll receive it, they'll do it, and it won't stop with them. They'll share it with their family, with their friends. It's a good investment. But there are other people, and we it's not just for preachers now, you need to practice this in your own life with everybody. There are other folks, if you would pay attention to the Spirit, they already know what they need to do. They've known it for years. And you can talk to them for three days. It's not going to make any difference. They've already made up their mind. They don't want to see that. They don't want to hear that. And you'd be wasting your time. Just annoying them and annoying yourself. Let's learn to look on the inside. Time after time, the Lord will show you. They already know that. I showed them that long time ago. You know, when it comes to children, or it comes to employees, or it comes to teachers and students, and coaches and athletes, whatever the case might be. When a child, when an employee, when somebody under another person, they don't do what they were told to do. You have to ascertain something before you know how to proceed. You have to ascertain. Was it because of ignorance that they didn't do what they were supposed to? Or was it rebellion? Did they know? Or did they not? Because ignorance needs instruction. Rebellion needs discipline. Rebellion does not need more instruction. Are you all with me? For, think about it now. I've seen parents, so many parents are missing it these days. I've seen parents, they just go on and on and on explaining to the child and trying to describe. And the child, you can see the child's eyes. They knew before they started talking. They knew exactly what they were supposed to do. They just didn't do it. Well, I got to, I have to explain it to them. No, no, no. That's not being a good parent. That's shirking your responsibility. Did you feel how, how big that went over? Yeah. Tell me what ignorance needs. What does ignorance need? Instruction. Now, sometimes it's ignorance. Sometimes it's your fault. You expected them to read your mind. You didn't explain it. You weren't clear. And in that case, you need to take responsibility. Hmm? And no, no discipline should be involved. No. But if they knew, if they understood, they were clear. They just had a better idea. They knew perfectly what you wanted them to do, what they were told to do. They just, in the moment, decided that they have the Holy Ghost too, and that you weren't up on all the facts, and they just decided to do Well, you do not need to explain this anymore. Because it's not an issue of ignorance. Tell me what rebellion needs. Discipline. Correction. So you don't need to sit down and talk a bunch of stuff. There needs to be some action. There needs to be a pulling of privileges. Something needs to happen. Somebody say action. 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 That's true with adults. It's true with children. It's true with employees. It's true with church members. Did you hear me? And a lot of times because of that people will try to pretend. I didn't know. And yet they did. This is dangerous stuff. Remember what happens if you have light and you don't walk in it. Self-delusion. Deception. Darkness. Go to Romans, the first chapter, please. Romans 1. The Lord opened my eyes to this further than I'd seen Like I said, I had for so long just emphasized people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And yet, that, that's not the end of that verse. It says, because of rejecting knowledge. Romans 1 and verse 19 it says, because that which may be known of God. Is manifest. Remember light is what makes manifest. You can't see anything without light. But with light it shows it up. That which may be known. Can be known of God. Is manifest in them. For God has showed it. To them. To who? As you keep reading. You're going to realize he's talking about people. Who deny God's very existence. People who deny God's very existence. If you read the whole passage, you'll see the Bible concludes by saying they are without excuse. Keep reading. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because, verse 21, because that when they knew God, when they what? Who knew God? If you keep reading this passage, you'll understand he's talking about idol worshipers. He's talking about people involved in all kind of sexual perversion and all kind of sin. People that absolutely reject and deny God. He said when they knew him. They glorified Him not as God, neither were they thankful, but they became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was what? Darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. Did they close their eyes? Did they see something? They knew it. See, person after person who is so indignant, so blasphemous against God and the things of God. Well, prove God to me. Don't you ever let somebody intimidate you with that kind of stuff. Well, how can you scientifically prove it? Show God to me. People like that are hypocrites. They have seen things already. We're made by the Almighty. The very core of our being cries out to Him. He gives us our every breath, the brightness of every thought. He's the one that's keeping gravity going on this planet. Are you listening? All things are upheld by the word of his power. And any young boy, young girl, young person, old enough to understand anything, looks out over the vastness of the Pacific Ocean, looks up into the night sky, looks across the mountain ranges. The Bible said, what can be known of God is in front of your face. It is here. You see it. And if you'll be honest, you know it. You know it. But people on purpose. They had a glimpse. They saw something. But they close their eyes. They don't want to see it. Because they don't want to serve God. They don't want that to be right. So they close their eyes tight. And old friend. The only thing that can happen after that. Is down. Down. Into more and more darkness. Until they'll say anything is alright to do. And anything is alright to be. Oh, but friend, if you'll grab a hold of that light and acknowledge it and go, I see that. I do see that. And I'm going to believe that. And even if it costs you, and sometimes it will, among other people, they oh, you're not one of them. You say, I sure am. <laughs> not one of them. Not one of them tongue-talking, prosperity-believing yeah. Laying on a hands miracle believing you go you looking at one right here right here not just partly one full bore one I'm one because <laughs> there are people there are people who got God healed them but they won't tell it because they're afraid they'll turn them out of the church they won't tell oh friend. Let the redeemed of the Lord Amen. let them say it, let them tell it. They're things God's done for people. They, they get a glimpse of light. And they go, yeah, but I don't want to be associated with those fanatics. And I don't want them to, you know, that think I'm part of that name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and health and wealth gospel bunch. They don't. I mean, there's a lot of people. God's done things for them. They saw glimpses of light. And yet they just retract into a a shell like a turtle. And they act like I didn't see that. Act like, oh, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And they don't realize you have just cut off the benefit of your children and your grandchildren. Growing up in the knowledge of the Lord and having a better life than you. It's a lot more to having a better life than getting an education and having some money. If you don't have some faith, you don't know God. You don't have a good life. I don't care how much money or how many degrees you'll ever get. That's not enough. Oh, it's proof all around us. People's lives are falling apart. And they got education and they got money. But it ain't enough. No. When he gives you light. That light can separate you from some situations and some groups and some people. It'll separate you from from your sin if you'll let it. It'll separate you from all kind of stuff. But when it shows up, you need to say, I love the light. If it shows me up, so be it. If it makes me out wrong, then I'm wrong. So be it. But I love the light. I want the light. Stand on your feet and say that. Stand on your feet. Say it out loud. I love the light. I love love the the light. I want the light. Begin to thank you. Give him glory. Oh, Lord, you are the light. You are the light. You are the light. And I worship you. This ministry has been brought to you today, free of charge, by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.